0: Hey, everybody, welcome to the You Were Born for This podcast with Father John Ricardo. That's me. I'm Father John. I am the executive director at Acts 29, where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transformation in the church. I'm here with my partner in mission, uh, dear sister in the Lord, and uh, good friend, Mary Guilfoyle. How are you today, Mary?
1: Father John, I'm great. And you?
0: I am well, thanks. It's nice to uh, continue to be. Better and better every day. Long way to go, but uh, still grateful. So thank you for uh, your prayers and for the prayers of uh, those of you who listen to us, who've been uh, lifting me up and uh, our team up. We're really grateful for that uh, humbling thing. So keep them coming, please. Yeah, absolutely. We have, I think, a um, particularly encouraging word today. What's our title this episode? I think we do
1: too. So So our title for this episode, everybody, is Radio Free
0: world ooh, radio free world <laughs> can't wait to hear what this is about Hoo-ha. Hoo-ha. we just we just like pull titles out of the air and then come up with something to cook we but
1: make stuff up so, yeah we
0: just make stuff up no actually we don't we think this is going to be uh i'm particularly inspired by this um i think you are too i pray that it will be uh, a means of in- inspiring those who are are joining us right now Indeed. too so why don't we pray first shall that we sounds
1: great father
0: in the name of the father the son the holy spirit amen Father, we come to you today mindful that uh, we and all of us are living in a world uh, which is so relentlessly trying to shake our confidence and our trust and our hope in you. And so we pray in a particular way for those uh, of us who most need right now to be encouraged, to be reminded of your faithfulness, of your abundant provision of the simple truth that the victory is yours and that the last word belongs to you. So we ask for your anointing upon our conversation right now that it would resonate deeply in the hearts and the minds of uh, all those who are listening to keep our eyes on you and to give you the praise and the glory that you deserve and to shatter all anxiety and fear. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father the Son, and the, Son Holy and the Holy Spirit.
1: Spirit. Amen. Take us away, Father John.
0: Yeah, so, you know, we uh, because our schedule has been so disrupted over these last uh, set of weeks and days uh, because of me being sick, we've we've had a fair amount of time as a team to just be together and to pray and to talk for the amount of time that we can spend uh, in each other's presence um, just because of energy levels, at least on my part. Um, and we've been reflecting on, on a number of things, but one of the things that we've been reflecting on, which has been encouraging for us, is the amount of feedback we get um, from the ministry, but also I think in a particular way, maybe from this podcast, from different ones of you who listen, sending in just great short emails, sometimes long emails, saying how much they find uh, what we do to be a source of encouragement and hope and how different that is from so much of what they hear on a daily basis, not just from the secular news, but actually even sometimes from church news and whatnot. So, we were just lingering over that. We, we. I think we've always felt from the beginning that God was calling us to be uh, a means of giving people encouragement and hope. Right in a in a world riddled with anxiety, in a church. Yeah, you're right.
1: the The folks that we're hearing from confirm what we always felt in our own heart, uh, that we were in some way like missionaries of hope and encouragement. Um, and I think it was from our own experience we have need of hope and encouragement and confidence in the Lord Jesus, and so it wasn't just our experience.
0: Uh, It was getting confirmed.
1: Yeah, it was getting confirmed. Absolutely, Father. So so
0: that kind of bled immediately into, I felt like the Lord gave this image of uh, radio-free Europe.
1: Mm. Say more.
0: For those of us who are old enough to remember, I mean, radio-free Europe was um, established at the end of the, or the beginning, rather, of the Cold War, to, to bring behind the Iron Curtain uncensored information and news to people who were living uh, under the oppressive regimes of the Soviet Union. And, you know, it's been testified to by a number of uh, leaders from the Soviet Union in the years since, after the collapse of communism, um, that that was a significant part in just like dismantling communism. Right. And so, uh, so in other words there was a microphone there were some people standing behind the microphone and they were broadcasting to people they themselves were living in freedom they were broadcasting to people who were living in- under oppression Exactly right. and I felt like the Lord just said that's an image for what it is that mm. I want to do it's not so make let's make, make let me try to make this clear it's not so much an image of what I think you and I are doing no. it's really an image of what I think God in this particular episode like he's saying, do you guys just slide over and give me the microphone? I want to speak to my children mm-hmm. who are living behind enemy lines who are oftentimes or on a daily basis, um, assaulted by, uh, oppression and anxiety and fear. So that's what we want to do. We want to give God the mic. And, and one of the things that I regularly do, uh, each week is I just spend a, a fair amount of time lingering, hopefully all of us do praying with the scriptures for say the upcoming Sunday in a particular way so that we don't just walk into Sunday mass unprepared. Like not only the priest should have read them before that day, but all of us should We should, should too, right? You ever had the experience that you, you were wondering like, I think this is the first time the priest read those readings <laughs> this week, right? Um but it, what strikes me more and more as I get older and older, like I can't get past the opening prayer, what's technically called the collect. And so the collect from this past Sunday, from the 27th Sunday, it goes like this. Almighty ever-living God, who in the abundance of your kindness surpass the merits and the desires of those who entreat you, pour out your mercy upon us to pardon what conscience dreads and to give what prayer does not dare to ask. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. And so we want, we want to just like give God the mic now and let him speak through us as you and I kind of reflect on certain parts of this prayer that just really jumped out at us and that the Lord was speaking to us in, confident that if if he's speaking to you, he's speaking to others. If he's speaking to me, he's speaking to others. So maybe just uh, you you wanted to start with that word abundance, didn't you?
1: Yeah, you know, um, that's a holy hour right there, that prayer. That's enough to take you into um, really deep, rich prayer. And um, to your point, Father John, I think what stood out to me was we're really – Really, three words uh, before I get into some other parts of that. But first, word was abundance. And uh, the second word was kindness. And of course, the last word uh, was mercy. But um, I think for me, when I was thinking about the abundance of God, I was thinking about the bounty of God, the riches of God, the goodness of God, which exceeds any harvest. You know, we talk about an abundant harvest, you know, bushel baskets, you know, crops being harvested and them being abundant. But it doesn't compare to the abundance, the riches of God.
0: It's a great image. i got to pause you right mm. real quick. That, that just shows, like, I grew up in Detroit.
1: I grew up you on grew, a farm. You grew up on a farm.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, that, that's not at all how I think of abundance. But even as you're speaking that, like, that's what I see. I see, like, har- <laughs> harvesters coming in from the fields and you can either come in with a basket with like nothing in it or you can come in with, you know, truckloads of stuff. And just as you're speaking that, I just feel like the Lord's showing me like, this is, this is my kindness. My kindness isn't, isn't some little tiny basket with a couple of fruits in it. We can't even carry it. It's yeah. It's, you know, semi-truck after semi-truck after semi-truck. Yeah. This is his kindness. It is super abundant.
1: Yeah. That's Amen. Beautiful. Amen. It is. And then that second word, kindness, um, I I have, we have a sign in our house. Uh, I might have shared it before. It's just, you know, a, a little plaque that says, if you can be anything in this world, choose to be kind. And, um I, remi- I bought that as a reminder to myself to, to marry, be kind. be kind, pray for the grace to be
0: kind. I don't have that sign.
1: <laughs> You're kind already. I'd I'm be not so much. convicted all
0: day long too many times.
1: But it was juxtaposing like my own kindness against the kindness of God. And God is tenderness. He is affection. He is sweetness. He is graciousness. And I don't know that I actually have contemplated that facet of God. As I did with this uh, in, in this particular prayer, I love that. And then, um, of course, mercy. How do you get your head around mercy? I remember years ago when you and I were having a conversation about mercy, and and you said, "Tell me about mercy," and like no words came out. I thought, where do you even begin to talk about the mercy of God and His pardon? And it's simply unfathomable. And as I was praying with just the mercy of God, I thought, "Oh my gosh, Lord, this is." The ocean that I swim in each and every day, um, reflecting on my own life um, as a wife and a mom and a, as a lay minister, um, sitting in the same pew year after year after year, like I stand here today before your throne of grace, getting ready to enter into mass only because of your mercy.
0: So those are no, just, I uh, just I my that. initial thoughts. I want to comment on mercy too, but I want to go back in the, in the opening prayer to, to two other images. Uh, what, what jumped out at me was uh, how God surpasses the merits of those who entreat him. So this is oftentimes a controversial thing, you know, uh, the whole discussion about uh, faith and works and whatnot. But I remember a, a great mentor of mine, Father Francis Martin, who's passed away now, he used to say, you know, Scripture makes it abundantly clear that we're saved— by grace and grace alone. Like there's nothing I can do to, to Mm -hmm. merit God's, I I can't earn Jesus's death on the cross. Right. But he would go on to say, he says, but we're judged by our works and scripture makes that abundantly clear Mm -hmm. too. Right. Books are opened and you know, according to what we did and didn't do, we will be judged, which is, which is always a bit harrowing. Right. But you know, so I was just lingering on merit. So what's it mean to merit something? It means to earn something. And at the end of the day, like, I haven't really earned much of anything, you know. I've earned, I've earned condemnation. is really what I've earned, and so um, God's, God's, telling me like, you, you, I need you to respond to what it is that I've done for you. But at the end of the day, um, what I'm going to offer you is just going to floor you, as you realize what I give, I God give for your so little work mm. is gonna be utterly overwhelming, mm. namely the, the gift of eternal life, right? Mm. And then I was struck also by that next line, you know, who not only surpasses the merits, but the desires of those who entreat you. And and I was taken as we you and I were talking about this episode, I mean I think we the Lord took us both to the same passage in First Corinthians. Um, where Paul says, "You know, eye has not seen, an ear has not heard; it hasn't even dawned on you what God has prepared for us." And like th- this is this is heaven. So to be sure, like this isn't our experience here on earth. There's some people listening to us right now who are in the midst of intense suffering. It's like uh, I'm not experiencing a whole lot more than what I've desired. Sure, um, but. The promise of God and God never lies and he's always faithful and he always comes through and he has the last word. And the promise of God is you are going to be absolutely blown Ford. away by what I do and what you see and what I welcome you into. That's why it's called abundant life. It's not just unending life, it's abundant life. It's that description of abundance that you used earlier from from farming and whatnot. And it made me think of C.S. I think it's C.S. Lewis where he talks about you know, one of the things that a child so delights in is gifts. Mm-hmm. And he's using this as the image. Of, like, so you watch a child on Christmas and he comes downstairs and he sees the tree and it's covered with gifts or surrounded by gifts underneath it. And, and the kid's expression is just like, for me, like all this. I'll is take for all me? of it. And like, like God built us that way. You know, he's put in us a desire to receive. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's not a bad thing. And he, he wants to give, he does give, and he's going to give beyond anything we can imagine at the uh, at the end of this life as we step into the life to come. And that's just what I was thinking. Like, we're just not going to be able to, we, we can't imagine what the Lord has waiting for us. And sometimes in the midst of so much misfortune and so much hardship in this life, we just have to remember that. We just got to keep our eyes on that, right? Like, it all ends well. well. I mean, you know, so some of us are on the cross right now. It's going to end well, not because I said so, because he did, his and God he keeps his promises, his promises, right? right. Yeah. So, so, so let me jump to mercy real quick, because you were commenting on that, and I, I was praying with that too, and uh, just the abundance of God's kindness and... How he he pours out mercy. And I felt like the Lord took me to the passage in the gospel where Peter asks Jesus, How often do I need to forgive? And he says, Seven times, mm-hmm. and the Lord says, No, not seven times, seventy times seven. Then he tells this parable. And the parable is about um uh, two people who owed someone a huge debt. But in in the original text, it, it doesn't say a huge debt, it says ten thousand talents. And somebody who's translated the the scriptures into what we hear at the at the readings at Mass on Sunday, um, didn't think we could understand what 10,000 talents was, and so they they just reduced that to a huge amount. Well, a huge amount to a 10-year-old is like five bucks. Um, a huge amount to Bill Gates is another story, right? 10,000 talents is not a huge amount. 10,000 talents is the equivalent of 273,000 days, excuse me, years pay.
1: An unpayable debt. Yeah, this isn't a huge amount. This yeah. is...
0: This is beyond what you can do. And, and the, Lord's, the Lord's telling this parable to Peter to help him understand, this is what I have forgiven you and every single person. I have forgiven you what is beyond your ability to pay back. And in comparison, you know, what anybody else owes me, even as bad as the wrong was or what I owe another, is negligible not in and of itself but in comparison to what God has forgiven me. And so I was just kind of like you used to – the image earlier of just like an ocean and I felt like the Lord was just drowning me Mm. in his mercy as I was reflecting upon that, about all that he has poured out upon me. He's poured out. I mean, how many times in my life have I gone to confession? And yet I've walked out every single time having received his mercy. I mean, he's never yelled at me. He's never said, no, that's enough. You know, I hate this. No, go away. Um, time's up. He has never done that, and that in and of itself should keep us not just on our knees, right, but on our on our face. I
1: think and fill us with profound gratitude. Certainly during those times, you know, the trials, the seasons of suffering
0: and sorrow and loss. Yeah, and you know, maybe just two other passages that that jump out at me, and then maybe you can you can take us home a little bit. But that 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 line. Remember when the the um, the missile got translated and we got new versions of these prayers. Right. And it was like, wow, where are these things been all my life? I mean, the, 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 the one we used to read here on the 27th Sunday was so watered down in comparison. These this line rich. to pardon what conscience dreads. Now, I don't know about you, but <laughs> I don't think there's anybody anywhere in the world who doesn't hear that line, who doesn't go, oh, I, I know exactly what you mean. In the back of our minds, for some of us, it's at the fore of our minds, there's something there that we're deep down afraid, dreading. God really won't forgive. And his word today, so God's at the mic speaking to those of us who are behind oppressive lines, who are getting, you know, assaulted by tyrannical regime, which is the enemy, huh, the right. devil, The Lord is at the mic saying, no, 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 I want you to know you don't have to dread that. My mercy is unfathomable and it's abundant like that harvest you were talking about, right?
1: Oh, that's beautiful, Father. You know, the Lord and the Lord knows our hearts. He already knows what's in there. Whether whether these thoughts are in the back of our mind or in the fore of our mind, he's in it all. He just wants you to give voice to that. That's right. Right? Like, I already know what you need. I already know what your deepest need is, what your deepest wound is. And I just want to love you in that and bring you to my mercy.
0: Yeah, we were just listening to, listen to someone to talk heart. about uh, this kind of reality that we all experience. And she was describing mm-hmm. how the Lord had, um, had wanted to, take her somewhere in her memory and she was like, I don't want to go there, Lord. And then she realized that's exactly the place he wants to rush to because she was dreading something. It was a, it was a moment in her past that she was just so remorseful over. And she made the point of saying, you know, like, Lord, you have permission to access anything in my life and in my mind and in my memory, anytime you want, I was really struck by that. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're if you're dreading something right now, um, just let the Lord into that space. You know, I mean, that's the beauty of His mercy is that He wants us to know that He's not on the cross for little white lies. He's on the cross for like major rebellious moments right. in our lives. And he wants us to know that it's okay. not it's okay, like it was no big deal. it's okay. that's why I shed my that's blood right. for this year forgiven if you'll but ask
1: so certainly, as you said, you know, Father, the rebellion in our lives, but also those things that perhaps that were done to us
0: yeah
1: and it, uh, as it, we were just unpacking, you know his kindness, you know, Jesus wants to accompany us, walk with us side by side in kindness to those places and it's and it's and it's it, it's um. It's a place of love and communion and intimacy and profound healing. Yeah. And, I you, love that. and you know, um, I mean, I think uh, I was talking with you before we started to record that I think the line that blew me away the most um, was the line that says, to give, what pr- um, to give what prayer does not dare to ask. And so I started to pray with, Lord, what is it? that keeps me at times from entering into prayer expectantly. And I thought about those things that I, those barriers that I put around him. that went like, I, I, first of all, sometimes I don't even know what to ask. But the things that you dare to ask for oftentimes come in ways you never dreamed Or imagined. And in hindsight, you know, they would say hindsight is 20 20, and oftentimes we can't see what the Lord is doing when we're in the midst of whatever we're in the midst of. But hindsight or our own personal history shows us how He overwhelms us with His provision in the dark moments and in in the brighter moments, and at least for me and my marriage, my family, my friendships, and ministry. And um, so I just started to pray with, like, you know, the word expectations. And I was thinking about you know when, when you are um, uh, going before your your boss or your director for your you know annual performance review and this um, is Tuesday by the way <laughs> I better get Oops. ready I better get ready um, but um, but you know you can walk away and I mean I mean there's these four boxes you know meets ex- expectations doesn't meet expectations or then exceeds expectations and I thought oh my gosh. God always over delivers. He he doesn't over promise. He promises. He over delivers. And I thought, gosh, God always exceeds my expectations. And I started to think like, what is it? You know, what is it in my life that uh, uh, puts limits on what it is I can ask of this great and mighty God.
0: Yeah, and, and, and as you were sharing that, what, what I felt like the Lord took me to was the story of Martha and Mary and Lazarus, um, which which we might title something like expectation Expectations Shattered. Mm-hmm. And I mean that both in a good and a bad way, right? So uh, if you're familiar with the story in, in the Gospel of John, you know, uh, Martha and Mary and Lazarus, Jesus, they're all, I mean, like I picture Jesus hanging out at Martha and Mary and Lazarus' house all the time. I mean, they're dear friends. Right. And and the they they send word to Jesus, it says the one you love is sick. And then the next line is in the scriptures, which has always just been like, that's gotta be a mistranslation from the Greek or something, mm-hmm. is now because Jesus loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus, he stayed where he was. And you're going, Why in, in other words, and, and then and then Lazarus dies, and then and then and then Jesus shows up several days later. And if, if I'm Martha and Mary, and, we've, and the reason why this is so important, I think, is because we've all had this experience and some of us are living through this experience right now. We've called upon God and it seems like he didn't care, right? He didn't answer. He wasn't theirs. So that's, that's the rebuke that the sisters greet Jesus with. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not, not have, have died, done. which is not only an expression of faith, it's an expression of tremendous rebuke. But you weren't here. You didn't come. In that regard, their expectations were shattered. Right. They thought God, well, they thought Jesus, they, they're not st- still aware of who he is. They thought he would do something out of his love, but he did. But but what he did and what he wanted to do shattered any expectation that they had. Right. They wanted Jesus to heal him from his sickness, Jesus wanted to raise him from the dead. But in order to do that, he had to let them go through the pain of thinking he didn't care and of watching their brother die. And then he shatters expectations again by showing them whatever you think I'm able to do, it doesn't come close to what I'm really able to do. You wanted me to heal your brother, I wanna resurrect him. And so for those of us right now who, who feel like Martha and Mary before Lazarus' resurrection, just know God always comes through. We may not see some of it in this life, That's right. but he's, we're going to see it eventually, right? We just have to hold on to that because God is faithful,
1: that's why I think, Father John, knowing his word like that, mm. that and it, it, it is the it is the book that continues to deliver hope all day every day because as I'm listening to you speak, we all have circumstances in our lives where we have prayed and prayed and prayed and we're waiting for that deliverance. Or we're waiting for that answer. That's right. But we just hold on to hope. We hold on to all the promises of Jesus Christ, right? Because we know he is Lord.
0: And so his word, the word of God, huh? the scripture's that's the real radio-free world. Mm, I love that. That's, that's the frequency we have to tune into on a daily, regular basis so that we can let God in the midst of a world which is riddled with anxiety and with so many opportunities for the enemy to exploit, to shake our trust, to make us anxious, to make us fearful, to instead be reminded by this good, good Father who has sent his Son out of love for us to rescue us from the enemy, from the clutches of sin and death and hell to tell us we're his son, we're his daughter. We have no idea the depth of his love, the unfathomable nature of his mercy, and the plan that he is waiting for us in the life to come, and even now. So, because all of this is true, do not be afraid. God is with you, and you were born for this.